Welcome to WISE, a podcast for women introverts, sensitives, and empaths. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, business coach, functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and former private chef. WISE is all about mindset, entrepreneurship and business, food and nutrition, spirituality, relationships, and ultimately living your purpose, all through the lens of the sensitive, introverted, and empathic woman. I know you might feel like the information out there isn't suited for you, but this is because we're powerful, strong, and deep, and we've got potential. Let's begin to let that out right now. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of WISE. Lately, I've been getting so many messages from you all about show topics that you want me to do, people that you want me to bring on, and the most popular question that I've been getting lately is how to get through a hard time. Practical tools, strategies that you can do in order to make a tough time a little bit easier. Now, we all know that 2020 has been a little bit crazy, and I know that that is already tough between the pandemic between other things that are happening in society, the election and all of that. It's a lot of things. But many of you have been telling me that you've been going through things inside of all of that too. And it's been really, really tough. So I want to spend this episode today going over five ways that we can make those times a little bit easier. Although it's normal, I think, for all of us to go through something With these things that I'm going to be talking about today, it doesn't have to be as hard. Now, by no means am I discounting the things that you're going through, but at the same time, we can do things and take action in order to feel better, to, and most importantly, to come out of the other side better. And I do think that that's a choice. Now, again, I know that many of us go through really, really tough things that are, catastrophic sometimes or unexpected that take our life for a loop. But I do think that the way that we approach them and the things that we choose to do really dictates our character. And again, we have an opportunity to come out on the other side better. I've talked to you all about how I've been going through something and I really, really do think that implementing these things that I'm going to be talking about has helped me come out on the other side and feel a lot better and a lot stronger and a lot more confident. So I'm going to be going over those in a moment. I wanted to announce that on October 3rd, this is going to be posted on my Instagram today, on October 3rd, which is in about a week and a half, I'm going to be hosting a Fundamentals of Fat Loss and Macro Tracking webinar. So I'm going to be going over my intuitive macro method, ways for you to lose weight, without necessarily feeling crazy about it. I'm going to be taking you in detail through my intuitive macro method, which includes macro tracking. It learns, it teaches you how to pay attention to biofeedback. And it also tells you how to move into intuitive eating eventually. I do think, and many of you have heard me say this already, I do think that intuitive eating is a skill that should be called, um, Oh my God, I had a brain fart for a moment. Retired macro tracking. I didn't lose weight at the beginning of my journey, whenever that was 10 years ago, by intuitively eating. I don't think that it's the place for people to start. Yes, in the caveman era, when like all we had was protein and vegetables available, then yes, maybe we could regulate our appetite and our hunger. But 
right now we have hyperpalatable foods. We have many things that make it hard and psychological stress, many things that make it really, really hard to intuitively eat. And I don't think that that's where we should start. But I do think that we should be always putting a focus on our emotions and the way that we feel and our own personal process and our own personal preferences. So instead of making rules, what I do with intuitive macros is really educate you in order to get to a place where you are equipped with the tools in order for you to make your own decisions. You will never be successful on a plan that was not dictated by you. So yes, we have to follow nutrition science. We have to eat according to our goals. And there are principles for that that are never going to change. But as you change through life, through your body changes, through your preferences, through your hormones, desires, goals, and things like that, my method really equips you with all these things to be able to do this on your own forever. Now, of course, it's most beneficial if we do one-on-one. But in this webinar, I'm going to be talking about all of the fundamentals for this, and that is going to be open sometime today uh, on Monday, um, September 21st. So it's going to be on October 3rd. Keep on the lookout for that. And I'm also going to be opening up from that my intuitive macro group coaching nutrition program. So stay on the lookout for that. So that's what's happening right now in the business. Let's get right into the episode right now. So The first thing that I'm going to say that has been most important to me and something that I know is really, really tough if you don't have it is having a support system. So do you have people in your life that you can look to and go to, to vent to, to get advice from? Um, And I've been talking to many people about this lately. Many people say, I actually don't have that. And it's really hurtful to me because the people in my life don't support me. And that is so hard too. So I think that when we're in that spot, we have to do the work of surrounding ourselves with different people who can support us. And sometimes it might start with like reading a book and get getting somebody else's voice in your head that you can borrow confidence from. Can you go to literally an online forum or a Facebook group just to read things that people have gone through that are similar to your situation? Can you listen to podcasts? Can you get somebody's voice in your ear? that you feel intimate with. That is really, really, really beneficial sometimes because then you feel like you have some sort of support when it can feel non-existent in your life. And right now it's hard with the pandemic because we're not doing in-person stuff. But can you perhaps try to find something in your community of like-minded people? Can you join a business group? Can you join a group or a community of a hobby that you have. I do think that many of us, and especially if you're shy and an introvert, it can be really hard to, when you're in this situation, to feel like you have support because the evidence is that there's nobody there. So I want you to know that the thing that you have to do is just get a little bit proactive about attracting these people into your life. It's really easy for some people, for other people, it's harder. So what are some steps that you can take today in order to create some relationships, in order to take action and be proactive? And another big thing here that I'll talk about in a moment is how can I become 
the person that is surrounded by these types of people, big thinkers, people who are confident and strong and make money, all of the things that you want to do, how can you then become more like that person so it these people come into your life naturally? That can take a long time, but I want you to know that aside or beside you taking the action steps of like seeking those people out, you know, finding communities where these people are there already, or even if it's just listening to podcasts or books or reading a book, that you can develop yourself into attracting these people by the work that you do, by the energy that you're putting out into the world. Um, And eventually I'll do an episode about support systems in general, but I know that there are certain people that I talk to every single day that really, really, really keep me just feeling like I'm not alone, feeling like I am seen and heard and validated. And again, it doesn't have to be everybody because I think that there's a line right there that can fall a little bit into codependency. But if you are somebody who is solid and feels solid on their own, then there is still utility in having that support system in your life. The next thing I'll say is looking to a higher power and it doesn't have to be God or whatever. It has to be something that is bigger than you. So I believe in the universe. I believe in energy. And the thing is here that like, obviously there's science behind this, but I do think that there's a choice. We can either view the things that happen to us in our lives as like in a negative light and say to ourselves like, oh my God, look what happened to me. This is terrible. And we sort of sink down into this hole and it just makes it worse versus looking at it as like, okay, this was just a blip in the road. How can I move forward and just continue to think positively, not in a delusional way, but like, all right, that shit happened. That sucked. How can I now move forward in a way that I can trust that whatever happened is just setting me up for something better in the future? How can I trust my life, trust the timing of my life? How can I make this thing a choice? There are some resources that I have, um, some books that I really love by, um, I don't even know the authors actually. It's called A Course in Miracles. That book is really, really awesome. Even meditation teachers like Tara Brock and Pema Chodron are incredible resources to look into to sort of sink into presence and sink into ways that you can begin to trust your life. And again, I really do think that this is a choice. And it's harder sometimes to think positively. It's harder to not be negative. The human brain is wired for, uh, you know, to survive and to be negative. So how can I then look to it in a way where I am choosing to think that the things that are happening to me are happening for the better? And how can I get rid of some crappy stuff in my life and sort of clear out some energy so that other stuff can come in? I do think that concept of space is really, really, really important. If we're wanting to call something in, but we still, when I say call something in, it's like, that's like manifestation speak almost for like, I just want something to happen or I want something to appear in my life. How can I clear the space so that something else can come in? If we are already completely tied up and we are settling for things that we don't necessarily like, or we know aren't good enough for us, we know that we can do more and be better. 
how are we sort of sabotaging ourselves in a way of thinking like, okay, I am settling for this thing, therefore I'm going to keep it in my life, even though I don't really like it that much. I do think in the clearing of these things, and this could literally be people in a relationship, it could be a job, or if it's like your livelihood, then it could be maybe a side job that you have or something that you really, really hate. How can I clear that up or at least take the action steps to begin doing it? so that I'm sending a signal that I'm ready for this other thing. Space is huge. Being ready for something is huge. You are, all of the action steps that we do are things that are priming us in order to be better at this thing and to get what it is that we want. So don't be scared to ask for it. Don't be scared to clear out something that isn't serving you anymore. Recently, I cleared out my apartment. And this is, if you know me, you know that that's something that I do a lot. I'm like always cleaning and always organizing and clearing things out. But this past month, I really did like a Marie Kondo style deep clean. I took out old stuff. I got rid of old clothes, like notebooks, just like I was ruthless in the things that I was doing in order to clear my space. And there was a legit energetic difference in my space. Even like I feel like old clothes hold that stuff. So I do think that that's something really important that we can do. And I think that that's honestly just a metaphor for other things that we can begin to clear out so we can call something new back in. But part of this higher power thing is just knowing that I'm going to trust that if shit doesn't work out, there's something better on the way. If I'm rejected by something, I'm being redirected. Trusting the timing of things that are happening and just focusing on what you can do right now. And a big part of this is knowing that like if we want something that we've never had before, we have to become somebody new in that process. Not like we need to completely change And I don't think that we ever really fundamentally change who we are, but we can show up in a different way. So if I want, let's say, to make a different amount of money, I'm not going to make that same amount of money showing up as the person that made half of that money. So how can I show up in a more confident way, in a more secure way? How can I stretch myself a little bit outside of my comfort zone so that I can get to that step? And this comes down to being uncomfortable. And getting out of the comfort zone and doing things that you've perhaps never done before. How can I create the habits and the actions of the person that I want to be right now? The old you, or like let's say the person who had different beliefs, the person who acted in a different way, they might not have been able to. They didn't have the information. They didn't know that this was possible. I really think that as humans, like we can just get stuck in a loop. It's really, really, really easy to do that. And it has to be, it is harder to get out of that. It is harder to commit to a new way of thinking. But, and also we have evidence and there's a story that we listen to of like, okay, this is how it's always been. This is how it's always been done. And that's crap. We have to get used to If we want something new, doing new things, stretching ourselves a little bit more so that we can have new evidence for that person that we want to be. Because in order to create a new reality, we have to do things that we've never done before. This is something that Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about a lot. And even though I'm not like 100% on everything that he talks about, he really talks about beliefs and thought processes and the subconscious. And I do think that in order to get a different result, we truly have to change the way that we think, behave, and believe 
in order to get that new thing that we want. The next thing is to create some sort of routine. How can you, within your hard times, still show up for yourself? Can you still go to the gym? Can you still eat well? I think that many of us have a propensity, especially for those of us who are really sensitive and get bogged down easily. Sometimes we have a propensity that like once something falls off, it's like, okay, fuck it all. I'm not going to do anything. And that's even though it feels good and it feels indulgent sometimes to wallow in those emotions, it actually does nothing for you to make you feel better, to make you do better. So we have, even if we don't feel like it, we have to get up. We have to make our bed. What type of routine are you are, are you going to cultivate in your life every day so that you can still show up for yourself? How And especially I think this is like good advice for the quarantine in general. How can I still move my body? How can I still go on a walk within the confines and parameters of things that I'm allowed to do right now? How can I still do these things? I know that personally, you all see me posting on Instagram, me going on my walks every day. Half the time, I don't even want to go on those walks, but I make sure that I get my 10,000 steps every day because that is something that keeps me feeling aligned, keeps me feeling sane. And it also, most importantly, I keep that promise to myself and I show up for it every single day in some capacity. Again, it doesn't really matter what the thing is. It doesn't matter how long we do the thing for. That's why I think like things like morning routines or nightly routines and these obsessions that we have with learning and being obsessed with what other people do we want that because we're staying distracted from just doing the work, like just show up and be consistent and do the thing that you know you need to do. So stop being obsessed with other people's routines and what everybody else is doing. What matters most and the time that, that they wake up and all of that stuff, like all of that honestly is irrelevant. What matters most is what makes you thrive. What's going to make you show up. Much of it is discipline. Like I'm going to commit to doing this thing and I'm going to do it every day no matter what get on that routine make a habit uh again this could be meditation journaling walking it doesn't matter how long it is what matters is that you showed up no matter how you felt for me journaling is a really really big thing and I honestly don't do it every day and I don't do it for that long Julia Cameron from the artist's way which is a really, really great book about creativity. She talks about how you should do three pages of unfiltered thoughts. I'm like, that's too much. That's like 45 minutes in the morning. I can sometimes only do 10 minutes and that is beneficial to me because sometimes we have so many thoughts and so many things happening in our head that we don't actually know what we're thinking or we don't know how we're feeling unless we write it down. And there's something about writing things with your hand that makes it come out of your brain in a different way, at least for me. And I hear from a lot of you that journaling and doing those practices has been super, super, super beneficial uh, and something that's helped you through this time. So most importantly, what are three things that you can do, three habits that you can commit to? Can you eat well? Can you move your body? Can you journal? Can you meditate? Can you go to, you know, show up to an online class? Can you have an accountability buddy? Get honest with yourself about what it is that you need, whether that's, again, a buddy, whether that's a coach, whether that's a group that you need to join, and then do that thing. I find it really beneficial to keep a calendar on the wall. And then 
like tag there's even apps for this too like make some sort of check mark or something so that you can see your progress and then you don't want to break your progress but that having that routine and having some sort of thing that you show up for so that you can show yourself that you will keep your promises to yourself that you are committed to something that is going to help you out in the future that you have your own back and that you can trust yourself whether you feel like doing the things or not this is when I'm a little bit more of a hard ass because I do think that much of the literature and like the content that we see out there for sensitive people and for empaths, like it gives them kind of a get out of jail free card and that does nothing for your development. So I do think that there's a middle ground. I don't think that it's like, oh, just because I'm tired, I shouldn't do this thing or just because I don't feel like it, I shouldn't do it. You need to do it anyway. You are going to get out of the identity of you being, you know, oh, I can't do this thing or I don't feel like it, therefore I shouldn't. I do think that there's huge benefit and huge utility and it would behoove all of us to do things that we don't feel like doing sometimes because those are the things that garner a lot of strength. The next thing is to educate yourself a little bit more about yourself and go to therapy if you need to. So I started going to therapy two months ago, maybe two or three months ago for the first time in probably 10 years. And I've been doing self-development work for like probably 10 years or something. It's been a really, really long time and it's something that I will do forever. It's something that is super important to me. And I really think that for some of us who might have had trauma or have gone through something, those things shape us forever. Things that we went through in childhood create sort of some systems in the brain and wiring to think a certain way. And sometimes it's not the most beneficial thing. And I also don't think that it's a life sentence. So over the past several years, I've got into work like, you know, learning about attachment theory, learning about, uh, tra- again, trauma, uh, specifically through the work of Gabor Mate, who is awesome. He basically says that, uh, you know, all trauma stored in the body and there's ways that you can move it out. Basically, that like our entire life <laughs> and our entire way of thinking is uh, formed when we're children. And that's like, holy shit, what happened when I was a child? But also it's empowering because then we can do the work of untangling that. I really also think that attachment theory is really beneficial to get into and learn about. I am mostly secure attachment, but I move into anxious attachment. There's also avoidant attachment. There's whole books about this. You can Google it. You can watch YouTube videos. There's a lot of stuff about that. But I think educating yourself about how you are and the things that you have been through super beneficial because then you're like, oh my God, this is the thing that makes me be the way that I am. And now I can actually do something about it. My therapist uh, mentioned to me recently that people with eating disorders lose their sense of self through the eating disorder. That's why the eating disorder develops because they don't have stability. They don't have anything that they can really count on in their lives. They don't have that sense of safety. So they look to food for safety. And and again, I say they, this is you know me too, because I've been through it as well. But you don't really have a sense of self. You don't really have a footing. And I probably grew up like that my entire life. And for those of us that have been through that, and it doesn't mean that it's just eating disorders, this could be any addiction. It means that you don't know how to stand strong and solid. So, but at the same time, you can do the work 
of figuring out what that's going to look like for you moving forward. So really educate yourself, get curious about the way that you're wired and don't sit there after that. Do something about it. I promise you that if you do the work and you become aware of the way that you are and then take the action steps in order to move out of it, which are like kind of the things that I'm talking about right now, then things can be a lot better. The last thing is to delight in the small things. I really think that the things that make me happy and excited are really, really mundane, simple things. Lately, I've been loving my blow dryer. (laughs) It's this, I'll put it in the show notes. It's this Revlon blow dryer. It's like one of those hot brushes. That thing is awesome. It's like, it shows you how to, it doesn't show you, but the way that it works is that you actually use another blow dryer to dry my hair to like, or I air dry to almost completely dry. And then I go back into my hair with the hot brush and it's like a salon style uh, blow dry. Things like 60 bucks you can get it on Amazon. I love that thing. And although I don't dry it every day, it does make me really happy when I do. Another thing I'm really loving are stasher bags, which are Ziplocs that uh, are Ziplocs that are reusable. They're like these plastic bags. They're not super cheap, but they do have sales a couple times a year. I've been using them to store food. I've been using them as like a toiletry bag or to store electronics. I love them and they come in a lot of really, really good colors. Another thing I'm really loving are like jewelry and hoop hoop earrings and like and headbands and things like that, accessories, belts, like super simple things that, that can just make you a little bit happier. Even watching makeup tutorials on YouTube, I've been loving Kathleen Lights. She is this woman from Miami that does really awesome makeup tutorials. Just watching those things have made me really happy. I've also been watching this show called Hot Ones on YouTube which is where this man who's actually a really, really good interviewer interviews like celebrities and athletes and they both eat um, like increasingly hotter chicken wings. So by the end, they can't speak and they kind of freak out. The The only one that I saw that quit was DJ Khaled, which I was like, I honestly lost a little bit of respect for him that he couldn't eat the rest of the chicken wings. But that show has been making me really happy and just kind of diving into YouTube and laughing like those things and even my housewives like these small delights are awesome. I also really love following Heather McMahon on Instagram. She's hilarious. I watch her stories every single day. She makes me laugh. She entertains me. I relate to her. What are the things in your life that are super simple and super mundane that can make you really happy? I also really love seasonal produce and things like tomatoes and peaches and strawberries and figs are things that make me super happy. And they're so small. Even the other day, I got like a new dishwashing soap and I was like, this thing is awesome. There's also this... um hand soap dispenser that I have that's electronically you just wave your hand below it that has been making me super happy what are the things that you can delight in within your home whether that's a candle a tv show a blanket uh scents like do you like essential oils do you can you get a special pillow can you get can you follow some people on Instagram can you follow some people on YouTube that you know can make you really happy even watching cooking shows or cooking demos, chopping demos. What are small things that you can delight in every day that can make you really excited and bring you some joy? I just thought of another one. Um, PJs, really, really soft PJs. I really love um, 
Eberge brand. That is a really, really good one. Um, but what are the small things that you can do daily? Again, you don't have to spend a lot of money on them that can make you really happy. So that wraps up the five tips that I'm going to give you all today. Uh, I just want you to know the common theme is that much of these things are active. Again, I think a lot of the content for empaths and introverts out there is like, just sit back and like, you know, wait for yourself to feel like it. It is not beneficial. We do really well with structure. We do really well with discipline. My friend, Julie Winterborn, who has been on the podcast, who's a super sensitive person. She's an artist. I love the way she puts it. She calls it loving devotion and, oh no, self-devotion and loving and gentle discipline. Discipline to me can sound a little bit drill sergeant, but I kind of need that sometimes. How can we cultivate those things in our lives and be active towards getting that community, be active towards getting support, be active towards asking for the things that make us happy and the things that we want and then committing to do the work to get there. And even if the work gets hard, how can I still stay in the trenches and be uncomfortable and know that it's going to be okay because I want something on the other side. So that's all that I have for you all today. Thank you all for all of the messages that you all have been sending me. I got several per week, the emails, the DMs, always know that my DMs are open. So if you have something that you're going through right now, many of you have shared so many personal stories with me about, I'm not even going to say what they're about, but so many things that are, I honestly am so grateful that you feel comfortable enough to tell me these stories and things that you are going through. And the fact that the podcast has helped you means the world to me. So I can't wait for tons of new episodes in the future. I'm actually thinking about doing two episodes per week in the next coming weeks, maybe one interview and one solo episode, because you all tell me how much you love the solo ones. And there's also tons of good people that I want to come on, want to have come on to talk to you about all the things that we talk about that are smarter in other areas that I want to talk about uh, that lie outside of my expertise. But I hope you all have a wonderful week. Stay tuned for that webinar and I will talk to you next Monday. Thank you so much for listening to WISE. If you want to get in touch with me, or if you want to submit a question to be answered on this podcast, please send me a DM and follow me on Instagram at Ashley K. Pardo. I love hearing from you. My DMs are always open. And as always, if you enjoyed the show, please share it with somebody that you love and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes.